This episode of the Fabulous Learning Nerds is sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, win time, activity periods, RTIs, counselor, and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash B to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E. Hey folks, we're back. And this week we're going to be talking about creative openers, closers, and activities, all in an attempt to inspire you to do amazing things in your classes. Best of all, Glenn Brumley is back, and he brings his wit, wisdom, and unique sense of humor. So with that being said, let's enjoy the show, everybody. They are the fabulous learning nerds, because if you're tired of the old ways of getting it done, you've got the fabulous learning nerds. Scott and Dan are making it lots of fun, the best ideas that you've ever heard. So everybody spread the word. Welcome back, everyone, for another exciting, amazing, and incredibly unique episode of your Fabulous Learning Nerds. I'm Scott Chi, your host, and with us, as always, you love him, he's Farad Midland, Dan Coonrod. Dropping that sweet, sweet knowledge, it's Dan the Man. Dan, how are you? Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) These drops. Yeah. Dude, you complained last week that your drop wasn't long enough. It wasn't as long as somebody else's drop. I don't know if I don't know if that was the heart of my argument. I feel like that 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 yeah no. <laughs> what's what's wrong with the the drop? It, you know, it's flattering, right? Oh yeah, no, it's very flattering. Yeah, it's very flattering. Yeah. yeah, yeah, complimentary. Yeah, no, very complimentary. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and you're going to drop some knowledge? These are all facts. You are definitely hitting all the facts yeah. of this drop. Yeah, but I'm, I'm still sensing that you don't like it. I mean, it's uh, I mean, it's definitely on brand for what we've done so far. It is on so, brand. Yeah, and if you don't yeah. like it, then I've done my job tonight. So there <laughs> it is. That, that was a good job on my part. Thank you. That's for me. I rarely also, that for myself. Also, you stole my thunder. Like before, before I can even tell you, I'm doing fair to Midland. You just assumed. How do you know? Maybe I'm not fair to Midland. Well, I'm fair to Midland. So well, I mean, I am. I'm too, fair to Midland. So. Then aren't we all fair to Midland? I hope so. I hope everybody out there tonight, today, tomorrow is fair to Midland. Absolutely. You know who else is fair to Midland? I I couldn't guess. Our co-host, the Duchess of Design. Abby Dawson, everybody. Abby. Scott. How you doing? I am fair to Midland. Yes! (laughs) Yes, everybody! Happy to be here. I am glad that you're here. I'm super stoked because this is going to be a wicked fun episode, and I'm really excited about it. 
we uh, actually have our first returning guest, which I think is an amazing thing. Probably because this guest had nothing better to do, which is uh, always a good thing. <laughs> She's one of her fan favorites, and that's what's going to make tonight um, uh, very, very interesting. Ladies and gentlemen, you love him. The, uh, the master of mayhem, Glenn Brumley's with us. Glenn Brumley. Mr. Brumley. What's going on? All right. You got a drop, sir. That's outstanding. That was outstanding. Thank you very much. And for the record, I am not fair to Midland. I am heavily medicated. Heavily medicated. (laughs) That works for me. Works for me. That's great. So what's happened between uh, uh, your previous railroad of this show and today? Um, not much. Retirement, that's what it is. Uh, I, uh, uh, tried to retire, didn't work, and, uh, went back to work, so nothing but work. Uh, and actually ended up hurting my knee. I've been out the last couple of weeks. That's no good. Um, are you wrapping it, sir? Um, it is, uh, yeah, I'm wrapping it, icing it, uh, you name it. Uh, I'm eating a leave every 20 minutes. I want to go back to work. I'm just been really bored, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, no, I got it. Like, I teach uh, aerobics, and I always wrap my knees. Because if I don't wrap my knees, that's a bad thing. Like, the, the, I just got to protect. You got to protect your knees. You only got two of them. I got to tell you, the mere thought of aerobics scares me. <laughs> well. A- how do you feel about Scott teaching aerobics? Even more terrified. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should be, sir. You should be. That That is great. Glenn, we're glad you're back. And um, thanks for the... Um, email a few weeks ago and the scintillating discussion about cereal. Ah, the email. I never thought I would hear so much, such intensity over an email. Over, over, over cereal and soup. Yes. Speaking of emails, we have another email. I'm so excited. Uh, I went to the email box and there it was. So let's go ahead and read our email, shall we? Hey, it's email time. Miss Dawson, So our email came to us on Tuesday from Sergeant Catherine Claude, and it reads, Ola. Ola, wait. That's it? That's it. No subject, just Ola. I don't know if Sergeant Catherine Claude was hurt before she could get the rest of this message out, if she needs help, uh, if that's all she could muster to say to us because she was so starstruck, but... uh, Hola is all we got. Maybe it's the friendly hello. It is a friendly hello, and I will take hola over many other things, including strange questions about deep thoughts. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> again. You know, I know. And the fact I'm that I made a Hitchhikers, Hitchhikers to the Guide reference made my heart happy when I wrote that. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> Actually, today... Believe it or not. Oh, by the way, thank you, Sergeant Catherine. We appreciate your email. Uh, I sent you a return email, um, equally as in-depth. Um, we uh, would always love that uh, if you want to join in the discussion as short and as happy or maybe as long and as unhappy as it may be, that you could email us at learningnerdscast at gmail.com and if you email us we'll read it as uh, sergeant Catherine claude has found out 
But back to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, I, uh, one of my mentors at work and I, we were talking about that book, and I made a reference to uh, Deep Thought. Hmm. And he came back and was like, who's Deep Thought? Dan, you know who Deep Thought is, right? Yes. From Hitchhiker's Guide? Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I also, I, I that's not the first place my brain goes, though. The first place my brain goes SNL. is the, yes, the SNL the skit. SNL skit, yeah. Deep Thoughts. With, yeah. Was it Jack with Handy? Jack Handy. Yeah, Jack Handy. Yes. Abby, do you know the, the computer Deep Thought? I don't. I am familiar with Jack Handy. Oh. <laughs> okay, so Deep Thought was built to uh, answer the question of life, the universe, and everything, and it thought for, what, five million years? Yeah, it was some obscene amount. It was like five million years, and then they came back with just one answer. And that answer was, Glenn? 42. 42 was the answer. So he had to build another computer to figure out the question. That computer was the Earth. Which, for the record, if that computer would have came back and told me 42, I think I would have snapped. I, I would have lost my mind. <laughs> yeah, great. They had the, it, it, it was awesome. It's a great book. Um, as long as we're on the subject, uh, favorite Jack Handy quote. Abby, do you have a favorite Jack Handy quote? Oh my gosh. I don't think I've watched one of those skits in 10 years. So I wish I did, but I don't think I do. Daniel, favorite no, Jack, God, Jack? I'd have I'd have to look it up. I'd have to oh look up. It's been so long. Really? Yeah. Glenn, do you have one? I thought everybody needed to have one. Um, I would go with um, like bad gas station Chinese food. This too will pass. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my favorite Jack Handy quote, Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy, is if you're walking down the road and accidentally drop your keys in lava, don't go after them. Because, man, those babies are gone. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I never forgot it because it was just that awesome. That's my favorite Jack Handy quote. Um, so, yeah, we're going to move on to our topic of the week. But if you have a favorite Jack Handy quote, what the hell? Email us at learningnerdscast at gmail.com. Um, it is time, folks, to dive into our topic of the week. Topic of the week and why I invited Mr. Brumley in um, is uh, creative openers, closers, and activities. Uh, we talked a few weeks ago about the very real um, thing of, hey, go around the room and tell us your name, where you're from, and what you do, and what your favorite color is, and how science has proven that that is a terrible activity. If you want to immediately put your class to sleep and or disengage them, you should do that. And, and uh when I knew that Glenn was coming on board, I thought, hey, you know, I bet this this guy, this genius, has some uh, creative openers, like a asking a question like, is, is cereal a soup? Is, is a much better way of uh, getting the brain working and getting people engaged uh, in, in a fun way. So I thought we'd just kind of, we're going we're gonna to spitball it here. We're going to go around the room and just kind of talk about some unique things we've done that have worked. Uh, if you want to talk about some unique things that you failed on, that's true too, but does anybody want to start some creative openers uh, that were really successful? You know, I, I can jump in here. This was not mine. It was somebody who I know who did training, 
used to tell me that for an opener, they would drop like two popsicle sticks, uh, one yard of yarn, and two buttons on like everybody's desk, and not say anything about it, not talk about it, like go through his normal intro spiel, and then he'd be like, "All right, let's go ahead, let's begin our first project." Put all the materials on your desk. Gotten an email before class started. Let's go ahead and begin. And then he would say, I'll be right back. And he would leave the room. And he was looking to see who would step up and say, oh, I didn't get the email or what are we supposed to do? And he said over time, he would just try to like make it his speech as he'd hit the door and he'd cut out the door, cut around the corner and disappear and see who like first came out the door to like ask questions. And also who began just to sit down and try to build stuff with these materials. He said it was always interesting and it would give him like a quick window into like the psychology of the people in his class super quick. Who was the first person up coming to the door, getting more instructions? Who was standing up going, okay, I think this is what we need to do. This is what it looks like. He also said sometimes it was good to look around and see people said, oh yeah, I got the email. They just totally <laughs> faked it. Yes. That's spectacular. You learn a lot about who they are in those moments, don't you? Yes, you do. <laughs> that I I did something like that for a leadership course. Um, I, I would have it was all about giving good directions, right? And how important it is to set expectations and directions. So I'm like, oh, and in the the shill, I had a shill. So whoever we were contracted out to do the leadership training with, they were my shill. They come up, oh, Scott, 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 you get an important phone call. It's your boss, right? And I gave my boss's name and everything. And um, this was before the days of smartphones where, you know, you could have easily just, like, sent an email and get it later. But, oh, okay, great. So I go run. Okay, group one, you're going to cover everything on uh, page one. And then group two, you're going to cover everything on page two. And when we get back, uh, you go ahead and present it. And page two is blank. And page one was total like like a table of contents, right? So what would invariably happen is I was walking out the door, somebody would say, but wait, but wait, but wait. And I'd be like, I'm sorry, I had to take this phone call. And people were legitimately pissed when I came back. At like five minutes later, I'd be like, okay, let's get started. And then you take that to the nth degree, at least this activity, and who's group one and group one would get up and they would sometimes they'd fake it and make something up. Right. But most of the time they'd be like, today, we're going to talk about the table of contents in our workbook. Right. And and I was like, well, that's not what I wanted you to do you to do at all. I really wanted you to talk about chapter one on, you know, listening skills. What's wrong with you? And well, that's not the directive <laughs> you gave us. And, but you know, we're really what's right. And then group two would get up and nothing. And I'm like, no, no, no. I need you to talk about the following page on listening skills. And so, uh, yeah, that was great. And then I get a whole room really mad at me. And then I admit that I did it all on purpose. And they all went, oh, oh. And then they weren't so mad at me because it was, He's you a know, genius. point. <laughs> Is there... Is there something about us training people that we're all just kind of secretly jerks? I mean, I... Yeah. No, I think you have to. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that the best trainers abandon and trick their classes. Right. So. I had um, 
there were two things I used to do. Um, the, one of the things I would do is I would be in the, I would sit in the classroom in a seat as the class was starting to fill up, and I wouldn't say anything. I'd be like, are you here for the class too? All right, cool. And i just listen. Um, because as, as people are sitting there and they start to get idle, they start to chit-chat. The more they start to chit-chat, the more you start to pick up little things. And then when I felt that the time was right, I just would stand up and start talking. And they're like, you're the teacher or you're the instructor? I'm like, yeah, by the way, you know, I'm congratulations on your baby. Or by the way, you know, you have issues. Or by the way, you're going to fail this. You're going to fail this no matter what happens. Um, and then the other thing is, is, um, uh, Lathbury, John Lathbury actually did me this and he created the idiot test, um, where we would, it was just a series of directions. It was a directions test. And that was one of the first things I did. We had put all the paper down, put it down. They all sit down. I'm like, all right, uh, pick up your pencils and go. And you would see who would read all the questions first, or they would just start doing it. And you could find out who was, who was going to be, who was going to thrive and who was going to drown. You know, I was never that creative with openings. Uh, for the longest time, I clung to two truths and a lie uh, because uh, just being super nervous the first day of class, so you've got a whole bunch of people there who are looking at you, depending upon you for learning the skills they need to do their job. And uh, eventually I gave it up. And my go-to, my go-to opening became uh, the truth. Uh, those of you who have ever worked in the call center industry, it's a very challenging industry. Oftentimes when you rank it for stress, it gets ranked up near the top five, top 10, uh, because it is, it can be really stressful. And so my opening was often, I was teaching IT classes. And so I'd like look at everybody like, okay, great. Who is here because they love fixing things. And people would like raise their hands and be like, great. Okay, cool. Who's here because they love like getting into stuff and taking things apart and like putting things back together and, Everybody, of course, would raise their hands. Then I'd be like, okay, who's here? Because they have an almost pathological need to help other human beings, like this overriding desire that they it maybe verges on the unhealthy. And like way less hands would go up. I'd be like, okay, for you guys in the first two categories, this job is not that. This job <laughs> is that last category. And, like, you would always see people kind of, like, laugh and chuckle. And then I'd be like, no, for real. If you're here to take things apart, I just want to tell you right now, no one is ever going to let you take apart their computer, their printer, their phone, whatever. You will be helping people to do pretty much the basics with their devices all the time on repeat all day. And sometimes scoot around on carpet and socks, right? And maybe skid around sometimes <laughs> on carpet and socks. By far and, the greatest troubleshooting <laughs> And and like I at first like I would tell that story and like I would see people kind of get nervous and I'm like, hey, I just want to be super real and honest with you guys because that's what I need you guys to be with me. We're gonna be talking about a whole bunch of stuff. And if at any point you're not getting it, you're not hanging on, you're not sure where we're going, I just need a hand that says Yo, man, where are we going? And I found that for, like, me and my teaching style and, like, what I was doing and, like, how I was getting people, you know, in the training plane and back down to land, that was super helpful for me. Just that, like, I'm going to be real with you guys. I just need you guys to be real with me. 
You know, you bring up some interesting things. Like, there's some correlations that we need to talk about. And I want to, Abby, I'm going to get to you, and I want to hear some stuff you've done. But, you know, it really is all about that hook, right? So what's the hook to get my class immediately engaged? And then depending upon the objectives of the, of the class, like, I always wanted to um, get people comfortable working and sharing right away. So team activities were good, right? Something that I've got to start working with somebody would be good. Um, unusual activities like you talked about the string and the button. We have to figure this out because Daniel, that jerk, left the room and he left us <laughs> there and I got to figure this out. Uh, the, uh, the quiz, I used to do the, um, okay, break the room up into you know two, three groups and you're going to have to work together on a quiz and the quiz were all trick questions. All of them, right? Um, I have three apples. You take two. How many apples do you have? Well, two, right? Um, or was the other question? My favorite is, Abby, are you ready? I, oh I think God. you know this answer, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. How many animals did Moses take with him on the ark? Two of each kind? Whatever they were? I have no idea. Glenn, how many animals did Moses take with him on the ark? Uh, 42, Alex. That would be incorrect. <laughs> Daniel! Uh, the hope's on you, sir. How many animals did Moses take with him on the ark? I'm going to go back to my previous thing about honesty being the best policy, and your hope is wildly misplaced. <laughs> How, uh, wait. Moses? Oh, wait. Doesn't work. It was, it's not, it's not Moses. There you go. It's zero. It was Noah. Trickster. Oh, you're Good that job. guy. You're that guy. Daniel, you get to go to lunch before everybody else, which is a great prize, by the way. It doesn't cost <laughs> you anything. Because if you have a lunch break, everybody gets to go to lunch, but you get you get to be first line and everything like that. Thanks, no one pal. ever got that question right. Like nobody crap, ever got that question right. <laughs> was that Glenn? Yeah, that was I, this is crap, man. It's crap. <laughs> <laughs> But at any rate, you know, getting people together, getting people to work together, uh, surprising them, that that hook. Uh, and I believe we also talked a little bit about this idea of, listen, I, I want it to be fun enough. So start them laughing, leave them crying. Like, they should be having a good time, right? Um, other activities. Abby, what are some, of, what are some things that you've done uh, that meet that kind of criteria? I am, I mean... If you guys have listened to a couple of episodes of me, you know, I'm not like a super creative, uh, flashy person. So honestly, like I can't speak enough to the power of a good cup of coffee and some free donuts. Like I really believe in trying to make people feel comfortable, feel welcome. And then uh, my goal when I started was always to sh to get them to have faith in me by me presenting myself as confident and competent. So I would always try and get up in front of the room and just project, I'm ready for this, I'm ready to help you, um, and I'm happy to be here. Um, but I'm not, uh, I, I've never been one to have a lot of games in my back pocket or anything like that. Uh, part, part of that is just, just not me. And I've always felt like if I tried too hard, it was gonna be pretty transparent. That's so true. Like I'm glad you brought that up about being true to yourself and you're gonna find your own style, so I think that's cool. We had at one point in time on the learning team, somebody found some magic tricks, the, you know, the coloring book where you flip the pages and it's blank and then 
and then it's an outline and it's full in color and all you really do is just kind of put your thumb in a different part and it'll work this is a great opener it works so awesome everybody's gonna do it well <laughs> the the person that came up with it that was awesome worked great for him it failed miserably for everybody else because one they had no buy-in to the activity whatsoever two nine times out of ten couldn't make it go right and three, it made them feel stupid. So if you're going to do something and you don't have confidence or it's not genuine and it doesn't support those things that we want to accomplish, then don't do it, right? Because um, it, it could fail or worse, you could come across as disingenuous. See, I think right there, I think I think you hit something pretty important on the head. This idea that like good openers or good activities are supposed to like upend expectations, which I agree with. We should always be looking to like upend expectations. I mean, in magic, in jokes, in training, those are when aha moments all happen. But I think a lot of times people get that confused with practical jokes and with, and like tricks, like tricking your audience. And that's not the same thing. Tricking your audience and upending expectations are, are different. So you're still heartburnt about the Moses question, Daniel, yes. that you're getting at? Yes, okay, deeply in my right. heart. But, I'm terribly but sorry, positioned not. correctly, your mm. Moses joke is a great way, for example, for a call center employee to say, we are going to talk about developing those listening skills. It was, this was a fun way to talk about it. So I think it's all in the context and the objectives of your lesson. I, I'm a fair believer um, there is no there is no handbook to being a trainer there is no handbook to teaching uh i for me it's about being funny and and going into this under the the uh a self-deprecation humor for me works every time i'm the first one who's going to make fun of myself and it usually breaks the ice pretty well um and then i kind of go from there uh i think everyone that goes into a class should be able to go in and be able to take a breath and relax because a lot of the times these they're coming in and they're they're wound up like like tighter than ticks. You need to get them to break, get them calm down. Realize that as much as we're going to teach and learn, it's still goofy. And we're going to have a good time. And by the way, Abby, you had me at donuts. <laughs> I've not met an audience yet who couldn't appreciate a donut. I'm a fat kid. You bring donuts, I'll go through a wall. I don't care what you need. <laughs> Donuts for dish sugar coated lies. Oh, I used to do. Oh, I used to do an activity. How do you activity. see that? <laughs> I used to do an activity at the end of my class. I would I call it the gauntlet, and so like it was a pretty long tradition. I was running all these classes, so over the course of a long while, and so people began to know, know, know about it. Call center world, like those classes would go out to the floor, and they'd be talking to other other techs on the floor, and they'd be like, "Oh, have you done the gauntlet yet?" And so of course. The class would come back like, what's the gauntlet? Like, oh, no, no, the gauntlet's for the end. It's really tough. And I, I had, like, built, like, a series of, like, super tough scenario-based questions. And I would tell everybody, like, hey, I'm not lying when I said it's really tough. And if everybody passes the gauntlet, I will go and I will provide pizza. And, man, I cannot tell you how many times, like, I would, like, be working with a class and I'd be like, oh, man, I just don't know. Don't know if this class is gonna make it. Like, oh, there's some people here who I'm like, oh no, like I just don't think this is the right place. I just, and then like the gauntlet would happen, and like people get like superpowers. They just be like, <laughs> oh, free pizza? Uh, yeah, okay, cool. I'm I'm a call center, like rock star for the next thirty <laughs> minutes. I got this. If there are free pizzas involved, I'll teach you quantum physics. <laughs> <laughs> <All right? laughs> 
Yeah. I think not overcomplicating motivation is is really important. <laughs> yes. It's amazing hearing everybody's different uh, different styles. It really is. It's absolutely incredible. Because like, I, I would have never thought about the gauntlet. Um, but then again, it's free pizza. I would have did whatever you needed there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the things I did, I used to do product training for um, a major retailer who's still around. And um, when, ah, man, we were doing culture training, which can be kind of hit or miss. And I brought in a PlayStation and we put it in the back of the room and uh, it had a racing game on it. And the only way that you were allowed on breaks to play the racing game, I think it was Gran Turismo or whatever, one of those racing games, right? Is you had to earn your license. And I had a pocket full of cards that I, I made up. Now had like driver's license on it. And you would earn that by answering questions or asking or posing questions that got people involved and i cannot tell you how awesome that was as far as overall activity people would jump through hoops to play a video game on break and i would i would sit back there and i would make sure that you didn't cheat that you weren't in the back of the room like up oh, where's your license well um john no you haven't earned your license yet and it was all in good fun like most people would follow through with that but that was a really cool trick um, that really helped my audience. I mean, you know, younger audience, say Generation Z, that that was a really cool, cool deal as well. Um, how about uh, some games? You guys do uh, do any games? Like, like I, I had a standard Jeopardy game that I could go ahead and tweak. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I use yeah. I use Jeopardy. Yeah, Jeopardy's always fun. I I used to make up bingo boards a lot. Those are quick and easy to make, and uh, easy to track. To I never did those. bingo. Oh gosh, bingo's so easy. I, I know, I'm kicking And people get to yell bingo. So <laughs> what beats that? So how, how do you tie that back to the learning or it was just a game? I used it as a, um, an attentiveness tool. So like, are you, are you paying attention, basically? I got it. Like from a customized Jeopardy or customized games, like one of the things that we have to really be careful with games, you just don't put a game in there for gaming sake. You know what I mean? Um, so like, a lot of times people are like, okay, uh, Wheel of Fortune, but Wheel of Fortune in my e-learning, right? So we'll put Wheel of Fortune in and it'll make it lots of fun. Well, what do you learn when you play Wheel of Fortune, everybody? They can't spell? How to spell. spell <laughs> right? You learn how to spell maybe or how to guess at letters. I Does that tie back the learning thing. objectives? I used to play a game with my classes where uh, I would I would call in, and I basically said like, "Hey, normally customers don't ask to get transferred, and when they do, we want to try and keep a hold of them and help them out and get them to a resolution." But for today's game, anytime your customer asks asks to be transferred, you need to pick somebody in the class, and they they'll swap seats out. So it was like hot seat, but along the way, like I'd be like, "All right, I want to talk to a different rep about this," and they'd be like, "Okay, cool. Let me place you on a brief one to two minute hold." And I'll get you another representative. And then they would pick somebody in the class and we would cycle through. But I would I would do it with this terrible, this terrible voice where I talk like this. Oh, I haven't heard that <laughs> voice in years. <laughs> and, I'd, uh, <laughs> and I'd be like, I'd be like, all right, here's what I'm calling. I'm calling about this this uh, this printer I just bought, and oh my god, it's just the worst, and I just need some paper for it. And you know what? You know what? 
You haven't even got my name and number yet. I'm tired. I'm done with you. I need you to transfer me to somebody who can get that information. And then, like, you'd sit there and you'd, you'd get them through, you get them through, and you just hit them right in the middle of the process. And like, you got to transfer me. And so, like, everybody is paying attention because at any moment, they could be up on the stage in front of their peers having to deal with this outlandish scenario. And it lets everybody, like, get through practice and, and it. It gets everybody through a role play scenario for very large classes, and everybody's part of the scenario. So nobody's tuning out. Nobody's like, "Oh, it's not my turn yet." Or like a lot of times, you'll see people group like like do groups of three and with an observer, and like that's cool and all. But like I think an activity like this, this is why I did it. Like kept everybody on their toes. Everybody's paying attention. Everybody's asking questions because any second you are going to have to go sit in that person's seat and pick up exactly where they left off with their system, doing whatever they were doing, finishing entering in data. And if, like, you came back from hold and you're like, oh, like, can you go and repeat your name for me? I'd be like, repeat my name? Why would I repeat my name? What kind of nickel and dime place are you running there? I just need to, like, get this fixed. <laughs> wow. When did you bring when- up a really good example of, you know, like, role play. Like, uh, there's so much power in role play. Like, practice oh, yeah. is the best way to learn. Everybody hates role. Like, you know, and we tried to cover it up by calling it something else, right? Oh, we're going to skill practice. Oh, no, you're not fooling me. That's a role play. I know. I, I see right through you. I see right through you. That's a role play. Um, what are some things that you've done to kind of involve practice, group practice in creative ways so that we can accomplish the same thing? Or it's just like, tough noogies we're we're gonna role play uh i'm i was all about role playing uh i would do uh obviously we did jeopardy uh i did hangman we would split up up into groups uh and the the losers would lose their chairs literally uh and it would be amazing after the first round when they've been standing for so long and they're like i don't want to lose again well get your questions right um role playing loved role playing um what one of the things that i did is um I would start, I would start a call. We would go through the role playing scenario, but then what I would do is actually switch it out and bring the bring the students and let them be the customers. Uh, let them uh, be the irate customers. You got to see a lot of interesting stuff, but you got to see if they were actually paying attention. So I, I'm all I was all about role playing. I think it's a great a great factor. Plus, you they get a chance to laugh. They get a chance to be quasi-normal they get a chance to be as off the chart as uh as daniel was when he would call in was it was it margaret was that the name gertrude 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 uh, millant god loved it uh you know so I, those were the things that we did those and those worked every time um i can't i can't i love role playing i you know i used to do this when i would do introduction to tools and I would tell people, like, the first five minutes, like, all right, cool, we're going to dive into this tool. This is a test system. So you guys are, are allowed to make mistakes and get some practice. Not everybody has that benefit. So if you are with a company that has a test server or a test tool for your, your tools, awesome. Know that that's not everywhere and cherish it for as long as you can. Um, but I used to tell everybody, like, hey, guys, listen, we're going to use the practice tools. They are really close to what you're going to get on the floor in production, but they're not perfect, and sometimes they can crash. So what I'd like for everybody to do 
is log into these test tools, these practice tools, and start clicking on stuff until you get a crash. When you get a crash, raise your hand. And if nobody has a crash in five minutes, we'll move along. And that idea of like, now it's a race and I've got to start clicking on stuff, gets everybody in the tool clicking on stuff like crazy, trying to see, make stuff happen because they're trying to get to a result that they feel like, oh, anybody can make it crash. I'm in the tool, I'm doing stuff, I'm engaging with it. And then after five minutes, invariably when the tool wouldn't crash, because you know, it's you know, it's not made to crash easy. Like you'd be like, all right, cool, like any crashes? Everything good? Like, no, no crashes. Like, all right, cool. Seems pretty stable. Let's move along. And then when I'd start like asking, like, hey, who knows where this is? Instead of like that kind of quietness you get when like people are like looking for it on their screens, hands would go up because everybody here already spent five minutes in the system furiously clicking on stuff, typing in stuff, hitting enter, hitting escape. They'd already interacted with the system at this madcap pace, so they still had remembered and seen stuff, and they would find it a lot sooner. Yeah, I like that. I was actually uh, just talking the other day to somebody about where you start to like feel confident in a system, and it's when you like you're ready to delete stuff or try and break stuff or move stuff or change stuff. It's not just like that trepidation of can I click here? Should I click here? Do I need to click something first? It's that mad hat of like. Whatever, whatever I do, I will fix it or live with it. Like that's it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You just said on something really important. Like for me, successful learning events are ones where it's fun, right? So we're going to create a fun environment. People have a tendency to participate more, and the more fun I'm having, the more I'm learning, right? Uh, as and then the other thing is a safe environment, right? Yes. So you've just talked to all these things we're creating. Hey, it's okay if you mess up. It's totally okay. And you should find every opportunity as an instructor, virtually uh, in class or wherever, to celebrate success and celebrate it often. Because it really is, my my opinion, is one of the best ways to to have a really safe environment, right? So someone doesn't get it perfectly right, like that's not the time to like, ooh, Johnny, you didn't get that right. Shame on you. Go sit in the corner. Um, <laughs> it's a that was really close. Who can help them out and bring people together? They can talk about it and then uh, celebrate that success every time you can. Piggybacking off of the whole role play thing, one one thing that I've done that works really well is skits. Ever done skits instead of role play? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Get a team together. Here's your. Here's what you got to do. Present a skit, right? And you can be as creative as po- as you possibly can, but you've got to get these points across. And everybody's got to participate. Like you can't have uh, Sally and Susie and Johnny sitting in the corner. Yeah, all my classes had those characters in it. I'm not sure why, uh, but they they uh, they have to participate. Everybody's got to have a role. And that was fantastic. I always found that to be a lot of fun, especially if you gave them the leeway of, I want you to show us a bad example and a good example. I know a lot of people go bad back and forth on, oh, we should never show bad or wrong examples. But I think that you can learn from stuff, especially if it's fun. Like you could still learn from a bad example and talk about it. And sometimes it's actually an even better learning scenario versus that perfect, perfect pitch that we've got, right? Because we're all human and we all mess up and you know, not everybody's like Glenn and awesome all the time, but you know. Oh yeah, I completely agree. And you know, it you have to give them some idea that they can survive the bad. Like if they can't, yes. if you can't even acknowledge it, 
how in the world do you expect them to cope with it and and thrive in a situation that is not always working in their favor? Like, that's that's not fair. <laughs> I you know I, I feel like a lot of times training ends up being like the feel good group, and by setting that that like expectation, like people hit production or they hit the reel of the job and things are fine until they hit that first like tough point and because sometimes we spend a lot of time going yeah they, they're not equipped to handle it they're just like oh this didn't work and so that stress builds up and then they go no this isn't for me obviously i'm defective because nobody told me about this and everybody else seems to be doing just fine and <laughs> it's am- much better to go oh, ahead Oh, I was going to say, and, and to that point, as the trainer, you're not doing yourself any favors. We worked with um, a trainer. I worked at a large um, company years ago, and there was a trainer that everybody knew his story. He was always the positive, happy. His classes were always super fun, and he was always smiling. Um, he had an incident where he had a flight delayed. Of course, he was flying all over the country at the time. He had a flight delayed, imbibed a little bit too much, and his angry i've been pinning it up side uh slipped out and there was an incident yeah so take care of yourself don't you don't have to eat all the happiness be all the happiness uh at the sake of your trying to save people from anything either yeah it's not gonna work out (laughs) you know one of the things that i would challenge folks with too um you know when you get done designing your class you feel all good about it that's when you want to take a step back and look at it and go, what big, long, boring lecture can I take out of here and give my students, my audience, the opportunity to learn that on their own and teach it back? You know, Can we create a field trip where they go out and get this information elsewhere? Can we put them into groups and they all go through the information and they learn it on their own. Not only does that make it easier on you, like you don't have to be the sage on the stage all the time, but you really create magical learning moments and the opportunity for you to learn some stuff. Um, and that has happened to me several times. Like I like, Oh, I'm super excited about it. We get so focused around what our objectives are. And I get this whole day class plan. It's really awesome. And, and my VP walked up went, Hey man, you know what? It's just, it's too perfect. We gotta, we gotta take some of the stuff out. Um, anyway, just, just a thought from a challenge. What do you guys think of that? No, I hundred percent agree. Like, as we talked about, like <clears throat> engaging with learners, building those aha moments. Which really, like, all of these like openers and activities we're talking about are all about building to those aha moments. And sometimes, like, the perfect capstone of like those learning things is when you go, okay, cool. I've been up here now for the past six hours. I'm getting kind of parched. I'm getting kind of crazy looking. What I want you guys to do is take 10 minutes, dive into this module, and then split up into teams. And I need you to teach it back to the class. I'm yep. going to pick. I'm going to pick random from the class, and we're going to go through this module. We're going to talk about it, and you're going to come up and teach. I know lots of trainers get like super like, because like, what if it gets taught wrong? Or what if they don't want to? Or like, what if, what if, what if? All these noble excuses pop up. But like, working with your class getting them through a module letting them train it like i mean that's that's the top synthesis like you know this well enough to train it well now i know you know it well enough to go out and do i'm all i think that uh, anybody that sits and plays the what if game i have a problem with because it means that you're doubting yourself you should be as a trainer be able to 
have your class dive into a module, be able to teach that. Let the failures happen because if you're confident and confident as a trainer, you should be able to step in there and go and, and be able to fix whatever needs to be fixed or addressed. Uh, I just, what if game doesn't work? Uh, it never has it in my eyes. It never will. Well, you know, the two word answer to the what if game. I can't What's say that? it. So what? <laughs> what if? So what? So what? Yeah. Oh, that's a learning think, Oh, so what? Yeah. My bad. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what? <laughs> Well, and I think you also need to be able to have those those times in your training where you're ready to say, when do I need to like pause and see if it's working or pause and flex a little or change direction? Because you've got to you've got to take the pulse as you go. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. Empathy. And, and, and where's my audience? Right. Reading your audience. They're all asleep. Probably a time for a break. Well, I don't have a break planned. <laughs> So what? Take take a break, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah that and, and your your material is only half of the of the training. The other half's the students. So, not all even the best material is not going to work a hundred percent of the time. It depends on who's in the room. So you gotta you gotta know when to change it up a little. I've said it from the start, like with uh, with your, with some of your 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 more seasoned adults, um, they're good for ninety minutes. And the younger it goes, the less time it is. I mean, some of these kids, like some of these kids out there now, they they have the the attention span of the equivalent of like a cutscene in a video game. You know, you're lucky if you get like 18 minutes out of them, and then they're off in their own little bubble. So yeah, read your read your class, read your audience. They're gonna know. You're gonna tell by the way they adjust in their seat. They're gonna tell how much how many times did they look out to see what the weather was. All right, it hasn't changed in an hour, but you've looked out there 42 times again with the 42. Um, 42. Uh, maybe it's time for a break. Um, you know, are they sleeping? If they are sleeping, are they drooling? Those are, <laughs> you know, these are things you need to know. I don't know. There's Breaks some pretty really long cutscenes. <laughs> yeah. So we know that the human brain can take about 90 minutes before it has to take a break. That's and why I always my, thought. Yeah, my challenge is, can I do it in an hour? So 50 minutes on, 10 minutes off. And by the way, uh, your class will appreciate breaks. They always appreciate breaks. Yeah. And uh, you can, I don't think you can give them enough breaks, to be honest with you. I think people, especially today, they appreciate it. So think about that. I do have, you know, we've, oh, man, what a great discussion. We could probably talk all night. I have a couple other things I want to get to. One is I'm going to um, lunchtime, really unique time. When people come back from lunch, do you just start? off with teaching them or are there things you do with uh, post-lunch no what kind of cruel person are you digestion is still going on <laughs> i'm but, all about okay. nap i'm all about nap so <laughs> you know abby um to step back into like the the real world i I like to recap. I like to reassess, re-level set um and and talk about what we're going to do with the rest of our time so I'm very pragmatic in that way. I I just had to make at one point in time I, I you know and everybody does this like oh man that post lunch time is the worst because no one wants to get started up again. It's 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 far worse than the opening of class yes. by by miles. And so I finally made the decision that I was gonna do something. Um, non-taxing and fun for a good 30 minutes before we started up. And we would usually play 
and nonsensical game of of um actually my go-to was there were these uh photoshopped movie pictures where they took out people's faces and it was white and so it was you had to guess the movie just by the scene but you there were nobody's face was in it and so we had a game of that that was really cool that was my go-to i don't even thought that exists anymore but i always started it with okay it's time for our post lunch nap and everybody laughs but everybody gets it like i'm not ready to learn yet and by my admitting that i know you're not ready to learn yet so let's goof off for a little bit and have some fun and and yada 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 that that worked out really 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 well so just be aware of that or, or give them an extra long lunch. Like, if that's going to be the deal, great. 90 minutes for lunch instead of an hour. You know, but I will when say... When you come back, we're going to learn, okay? I, I will say, like, I think oftentimes, especially in the training world, we end up living and breathing by, by a schedule, like, because you only get so much for lunch, you only get so many breaks because, you know, you're entering into a workplace and you want to be respectful of that time because people are getting paid by that time. And so you want to be like, all right, cool, like... This is our lunch time. This is our break time because other times should be work time. And if you're not in your class and I am not dumping facts on top of you, then work is not happening. And it's some sort of goof off time. And that's bad and wasteful. But no, like it's just like any good work, any good workload, any good process, any good flow. You have to build in that time for breaks, for activities, for all that stuff, because if I'm just like fact, 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 pretty soon people are just like, check out, I'm done. And I can't tell you, like, even as when I was a trainer, how nervous I would be like, oh, I gave my class an extra 10 minute break. Like, oh, crap. Like, oh, man, I hope my boss doesn't find out. Uh, I hope nobody hope nobody says anything. And like I had that fear for like the first you know month. And then, like, afterward, like, realizing that, like, if I gave you an extra 10-minute break now, I'd get an extra 20 minutes of learning out of you. Like, yes, that's a trade. I will make that trade all day long because you're going to remember that 20 minutes after you come back from break or if I'm respectful if you come back from lunch and I'm like, great, let's really let's, – let's take a minute. Let's let it digest. Let's take an extra 10 minutes. Let's talk about what we had for lunch. Let's talk about the traffic, trying to get back to the office, whatever. When you come back and we get through that, you're going to engage so much better and so much better learning is going to happen than if I had just been like, okay, the time for eating is done. Talk, 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 talk. I never cared about break times. I never cared about breaks and lunches versus uh, money and, 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 and so on and so forth because the way I looked at it was if you got the extra 10 minutes of break, which means I got the extra 20 minutes of learning out of you, which means I had a higher passing ratio and the, and the, the employees stayed out on the floor longer and there was less, you know, there was more retention than there was revolving door. Yeah, I'm all about that. Those those extra breaks go a long way. You know, I mean, you have to, if you look at it from the grand scheme, it pays off. Awesome. The, the only caveat I would give to that is it, make sure you end on time. Yes. 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 It, it, yes. And if you can, end early. I've never had anybody ever complain that they got out of class early. Ever. No. They'd never complained. Ever. Daniel would Save be the guy that would one complain. Person. What, Glenn? Daniel would be the guy that would complain. Could I you? probably would. wouldn't. No. <laughs> but I've been there where all of a sudden it's an hour and a half past when you said we'd be done. I have it written on an agenda in front of me, and you are still talking. 
and I'm thinking about a hundred different ways of murdering you right now, <laughs> and I'm learning nothing. Like that, I've been there, done that, Danny. I know you've been there, done that. Uh, speaking of the clothes, so yeah, try end on time or uh, end early. Your class will love you if you end early. Yes. yes. Round yes, robin, yes. best clothes you ever saw, Daniel. Um, man. Or did. did saw or did. You know what? I will tell you the best clothes I saw. Actually, uh, it it wasn't like in a classroom. It was I was attending a conference, and the guy was wrapping up his talk, and we were all we'd all been in this room, and it'd been very good, it'd been very engaging. I really liked it. But at the end of it, you know, he's got this this like desk at the head of the room and stuff. It's like in this hotel, so it's like that's his like speaking table, and at the end of it. He kind of climbed up on top and he stood up top of it. And he was like, this is why we do is this is why we, what we do is important. And this is why it should be important to you. And this is what you are doing every day. And this is why, you know, your your learners are like a sacred charge. And like it completely changed the feeling of like what we were doing for wrap up. It's wrap up. We're all thinking like, OK, cool. After this, I'm going to go to this thing. I'm going to go to this session. You know what? How do I get to like the soda machine from here. Do I have enough time for the bathroom? And all of a sudden, some rando dude just climbing up on top of a desk or a table to, like, start talking to us, like, change that perspective. Like, if he had given this really great, like, inspiring speech while he stood in front of the podium, it would have been good. It would have been good. But I wouldn't be talking to you about it right now for the best closing. It was such a weird little flex thing that I was just like, wow, like, super impactful. Was it Robin Williams... No, it was say, not. Oh, captain, my captain. No, but that is a fantastic closing. That's and I would fight too. anybody who says different. Glenn. Yo. Fantastic close on your end. The best closing I ever saw was at a was at a convention. Uh, there was a guy up there blabbering for entirely too long. And uh, he got to the end and he was trying to be all uh, empowering and this, that, and the other thing. And I watched a man who probably was about 70 or 80 years old walk up to him and just grab the microphone and walked away that was it <laughs> was the greatest thing I've ever seen man I'm, you know and then there's that awkward second where we're like well are we done and you know guys are like well he doesn't have a mic so I guess we're leaving I'm like alright cool yeah that was the greatest closing ever only you Mr. Brumley that's why we love you so much that is great Abby I went to one where this guy played Rudy at the end, and by the <laughs> But did he cry? Bald, like a baby. No, I'm, like I'm a kidding. baby! <laughs> no, uh, seriously, the best one I think I ever uh, saw was not impactful at the time. It was, it was the next day I went to a convention. It was actually an Adobe convention a few years ago, and um, in a breakout... One of the guys who was talking about um, designing effective logos, which was interesting, but it, like not groundbreaking. But at the end, he showed us a logo and he said, you know, we've been working on this one for a while. Um, it's, a, it's a big shift from what um, it, the logo has been traditionally. And I think you're going to see it really soon. And it launched the next day with a huge ad campaign. It, it was the new logo for Animal Planet. And um, I it, like immediately... It made me think back to him, and um, he's he he just knew his timing. He was he was 
he was on it with the timing. He knew it was going to happen the next day. He knew everyone was going to see it. Uh, so it it, uh, it stuck around. It was nice and sticky. That's awesome. That is actually pretty awesome. Best training clothes that I ever saw, period. Uh, it was a two-day session. And this gentleman, master trainer, gets up, starts telling a story about a friend of his and how he was setting expectations with her daughter blah, 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 and how she was supposed to come home and be home on time. And she was always home on time, except that one night when she wasn't, and he waited and he waited, and we're all sitting there listening. He was just a master storyteller, right? And he got to the end of, you got to the point in the story where it was like she was super late, and then she did show up, and he slowly got out of the chair to go meet her daughter his daughter at the door. And I'll tell you the rest of the story tomorrow. And we're all like, oh, you, uh, you stink. And then you get there and the very, what, what is everybody thinking when I sit down? Like, what happened when he opened the door? What happened? I want to know what happened because you left me on this story, right? You hooked me. I, I don't even care if I learn anything today. I just want to know what happened to this poor girl. She, she had donuts. Story. <laughs> yes. He waited till the end of day two to finish that story. That jerk. But we all were waiting for it. And the beautiful moment when he, and he wrapped up a good hour early. So God bless you, sir. But he wrapped up a good hour early. And he goes, remember yesterday I was telling you about Bob coming to the door and everybody went, because oh, everybody was waiting for the end of that story. And the payoff was pretty good. And it tied back what we were talking about and all that other good groovy stuff. And man, that was fantastic. So that, you know, hooking people at the beginning, hooking people at the end, keeping them engaged, tying it back to your objectives in a fun and safe way, you can create learning moments that last a lifetime uh but that's fantastic all right hey so um we're gonna go ahead and, and wrap things up we're gonna skip the leadership minute for this week because i just think it would ruin the amazing conversation that we've had all about creative opening and closing and glenn we gotta have you back because i love your stories man and i love conversations like this and i hope that um you've all been inspired to rethink about what you're doing and add a little bit of fun into what you're doing if uh if you would like to join in the discussion and share some of your uh, creative openers, closers, games, whatever, please email us at learningnerdscast at gmail.com. Danielson. Yeah, man. Could you do me a favor and uh, let our audience know how they can engage with us? Absolutely. Scott, you already hit them with the email, so I'll hit you guys with our Facebook page at Learning Nerds. If you're on Instagram, you can find us at Fab Learning Nerds. Thank you, sir. All right. Hey, that's going to be it for us tonight. Thanks so much, uh, Mr. Brumley, for showing up and adding your wisdom to the show. Folks, if you like what's going on, do me a favor. Hit subscribe. Share this show with your friends. Share it on all social media. We'd certainly love it. Leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. If you leave us a review, we'd really appreciate it. It helps get the show out to other people. Uh, until then, I'm Scott. I'm Dan. I'm Abby. I'm Boyan. And we're your fabulous learning nerds, and we are out.
Thanks for listening to the Fabulous Learning Nerds. You know, there are a lot of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention. Meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment of offerings. If you're if you're thinking of giving it a try, if you're thinking of giving it a try, check out My Flex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.